today I want to give you a message that is going to be familiar to you because it's going to be kind of the heartbeat and the essence of our church. Uh, for some of you, it'll be brand new information because you're new here. For others of you, it'll be information that you've heard at some point, and it'll be a good reminder for you about who we are as a church, all right? So here's what I want you to do today. I want you to imagine with me for just a few minutes that we as a church are going to take the good news of the gospel of Jesus to a different culture, to a different country, to a place where uh, they've never heard the gospel before, they don't know the Lord, they don't know the name of Jesus, they don't have a Bible, and in fact, there are places like this in the world. There is a, uh, a, a window of land, a large, large area of land that, that has about one-third of the world's population called the 1040 window. You can look that up online. And it is, a, is largely an area that does not know Christ, all right? And so what I want to do today is just, just, just imagine as a church that we are going to take a trip there, all right? And let me just ask if we could turn the house lights up just a little bit so I could see the happy faces of everyone, all right? And uh, thank you. And uh, those bright lights kind of blind me. Uh, so we're going to take a trip together. We're going to go to, let's say, an African country. All right, now let me just ask you, we're imagining together, what would we do and what wouldn't we do if we were trying to reach people for Christ? Here's what we wouldn't do. We wouldn't just build a building, we wouldn't take all of our American resources and just build a building with a church sign out front and say, come, the doors are open. We wouldn't do that, would we? Because it wouldn't really work in that culture. In fact, I would suggest to you, it doesn't really work in our culture either. Here's some church signs that maybe you guys have seen before. This one is very appealing to non-church people. C-H-C-H, what miss, what's missing? You are, you are. Don't you feel welcome? All right. For those of you who are into modern music, don't let Jesus catch you riding dirty, riding dirty, riding dirty. It's a song, like three of you in here know that. It's not a good song. Don't look it up. The next one, life is cray cray, Jesus is the way way. I mean, doesn't that make you want to come to church? Right there. Well, we wouldn't do that. What would we do? We would go and we would learn the culture. We would take time to study. Who are we going to reach? We would learn the language. We would learn the customs of the people. We would understand where, where do people go when they gather? Or where do they hang out together? We would understand what they do for fun. We would then get a job. We would work alongside of people day in and day out so that they begin to trust and know us as people, as individuals. And you know what we would do? If we were going into an unchurched culture, an unreached culture, we would find their needs and we would help them meet their needs, whatever they are, whether it be physical needs or, or, or uh, water or food or what have you. We would help people uh, find their needs and we would find out what they are and we would help them meet them. And you know the big thing we would do? We would build relationships with people. We would just be friends. We would get to know people. We would build trust with people. And, and listen, friends, I have learned that you have to earn the right to be heard through respect, through love, through trust, through care, real trust, real care, honestly. And our strategy would be very simple. Build relationships with people, build bridges with them so that we might gain a hearing. Now, that idea is the heartbeat of why we started Access Church eight years ago. We, we wanted to build a community of people that would love God so much that there would be something obviously different about them. And we wanted to build a community that loved each other but also loved the people around them. Honestly, I mean, just from their heart. And Jesus called this process of loving God and loving other people, he called this process discipleship. 
And we wanted to start this fall with a, just a two-week series on discipleship called Disciple 2.0. Jesus' final words to his disciples were, go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. And it indicates that that's more than just a decision. We're not just looking for people to make a decision for Christ, even though that's part of it. We want them to not just be converted, but to be transformed. We want them to make Christ the Lord of their life. And so what is discipleship? A lot of people have tried to work through this definition. What did Jesus mean when he said, be a disciple? Some people have said, well, it means invitation. In other words, I'm going to invite you to my church. Or maybe I'll invite you to come and make a decision for Christ. And that's probably part of it. You are being invited into a relationship with him. But then some people then say, well, no, it's not just invitation, it's information, meaning we're going to teach you a 12-week class on how to be a disciple, and at the end of that class, you're a disciple of Jesus, fully transformed. And what we've learned is it doesn't really work that way either. That really, it is invitation, and it is information, but it's also imitation. It's walking with somebody in your life, kind of like an apprenticeship, where you're helping them get to know who Jesus is. And that's really what Jesus did. For three years, he engaged men around him and helped lead them so that then they would be able to lead others. Discipleship involves all of those. And so what I want to do is suggest a good working definition for discipleship, okay? That really, according to the words of Jesus, that if you're going to be his disciple, you have to hear his words and you have to obey his words. You have to hear the words of Jesus and you have to obey the words of Jesus, all right? Now, we just finished a series called Little Big Shots, where we spent five weeks looking at Old Testament characters who were young, who made it a big impact. And I thought, to kind of finish that series and lead into this next series, it would be fun to have Jason come, my son, and teach on what he thinks about these words of Jesus. So would you guys give it up for Jason as he comes? He's got you. Good morning. How are we? When Andrew, our intern, preached a few months ago, he started his sermon by saying, I'm sorry I'm not as buff as your regular preachers. I want to start by saying, I'm sorry I'm not as tall and skinny as your intern. I want to start by asking you an important question. What foundation are you building your life on? This summer, our family went on vacation to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. How many of you love going to the beach? I love the waves. That is my favorite. I love playing in them. I love getting knocked down by them. I love the sand. I like digging in the sand. I like building things. Dad and I started to build a sand fortress. It wasn't impressive. It wasn't fancy. It started out as a big hole with a wall around the hole, which we called the castle. We put two shelves in the hole and called them civilization. Our goal was to try to keep the main castle from getting destroyed and keep civilization safe. We built the main castle, then we built a moat around the castle, and then we built a wall around the moat. Then we built another wall, and then we built another moat around the wall. Then we built another wall. Do you know what happened? Well, for a while, it looked like civilization was safe. The waves would hit the first moat. We weren't worried. The waves would hit the second moat. We started to get concerned. 
the waves would crash against the outer wall. Do you know what eventually happened every time we tried this? Eventually, the waves would be so big and so strong that our little castle had no chance. The water would come over the wall and into the castle. We had to reach into the crushed castle of sand and rescue civilization. Do you know what I learned? I learned that sand is not a very good foundation to build on. I learned that civilization is in trouble if they're building their lives on shaky foundations. One time, Jesus talked about this very idea. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. The question I have for you is, what are you building your life on? Success, achievement, good deeds, what other people think about you? Are you building your life on hard work, trusting your own strength? If you are, then when life gets hard or the storms hit, then it doesn't take long for all of what you have built to be washed away. What are you building your life on? What does it mean to build your life on a solid foundation? Jesus said we must hear his words and put them into practice. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is the man or woman or child who hears the words of Jesus by reading the Bible, by coming to church, by coming to student community, or being part of community group where the Bible is studied, and puts those words into practice. Sometimes we sing a song at Axis called, Jesus, You're My Firm Foundation. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. Are you hearing the words of Jesus? Are you putting them into practice? If you are, then you're building your life on a solid foundation. Somebody after first hour told me I'm out of a job. That's, that's okay. That's okay. He can, he can start paying the bills then. <laughs> John, uh, John 14, verse 21, Jesus said, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And that's exactly what Jason just said. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to hear the words of Jesus, and then you have to obey the words of Jesus. And being a follower of Jesus is just simply one who hears those words and obeys them, both within their life, and then they multiply that out. That's the reason we're calling this series Disciple 2.0. 1.0 is really saying, where am I in my relationship with Jesus? Am I living like a disciple? And 2.0 is saying, how can I then transfer this to someone else? How can I help them know who God is? And so you have to ask yourself the question, am I experiencing this relationship with Jesus? And am I then helping other people know about Jesus as well? And so from the very beginning of our church, we start out with that idea. How do we build disciples? Jesus' last words, go make disciples. That was a command. It was not a suggestion. It was a command not just to church leaders, but to everybody. How do we go make disciples? But I would guess in most churches, 
One of the struggles is that many people don't know what a disciple is, and if they do, they don't know how to make one. We've often used this analogy. It's like if I put wood in front of you guys, and I just laid it here, and I just said, listen, I want you to build something. And I, I give you just one word. I say, I want you to build a table, but I'd say nothing about the table. I don't describe what it's like. I don't decide, des- describe the legs to you at all or anything that I expect. And then secondly, I say, I'm going to give you the wood, but I'm not going to give you any tools to be able to create this. No screwdrivers, no screws, no bolts, uh, no hammers, nothing. And now I want you to go be successful at making the table. And too often what happens in the church is that we say what the words of Jesus, go make disciples. And the first thing is people go, well, I'm not sure what one is. And the second thing is, I don't know that I have the tools to actually build one. And so we use the phrase, go make disciples, as just a catchphrase. Maybe that means I'll just invite people to church because we really don't know what it means to make a disciple. And so from the very beginning of Acts, we started with this idea, how do we make disciples? How do we build relational bridges with people so that we might gain a hearing? And how do we help them come to know Christ and build a relationship with him? And we used a foundational verse in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, which says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he, came, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. Now with those words, we then took that idea of Jesus really literally calling his disciples, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And we broke that scripture down into three big ideas. You can see them in our lobby today, exploring faith in Christ experiencing relationships with God and others, and expressing the love of God to the world. And I'm going to lead you through that. This is our logo at church. It's kind of like the FedEx logo where there's an arrow in the middle of the logo, and you don't know it's there, but now that you've seen that it's not there, now you know it's there. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you haven't seen it, look it up, all right? It just says FedEx, but there's an arrow. And when you see our X, you're always going to see the cross. And that's where it starts. Our mission as a church that we would revolve the world around Jesus one life at a time. And we kind of see this as like a person. Put a little circle above up there and you would think it too. Every time you see the logo, I hope you see that. And the foundational step is this idea of exploring faith in God. It's the idea of building your life on a solid foundation. That's the reason the legs are there. You're building your life on something solid, just like, just like Jason said a little bit ago. And, the, and, and, and when you're exploring faith in God, that means maybe you came from a crisis or a challenging situation and now you're looking to God for the first time. Or maybe you grew up in the Lord and now years later you're returning to Him and you say, I want to know more about you. Or maybe you're a dedicated follower of Christ and you just continue to explore faith. This is an ongoing process. And the next one is that you would now experience relationships with God and others. In other words, this is what we call the heart of the matter. This is where really you have now, you have now made a decision for Christ. And now you are building on that decision. You are building that relationship with Jesus. You're getting to know him more and more, his word, his way, his actions. And now you're following that. And not only that, you're doing it in the context of community with other people. And then the last one is these outstretched arms that you would now express the love of God to the world. That now you would take everything that you know and have learned and that you are applying that to your life and now you are sharing this with other people in a way that's loving. All right, This is really our, our mission as a church and who we are as a church. And we took this scripture verse, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
the exploring faith. Jesus said, come follow me. It's just as simple as that. It's, it was an invitation. An invitation for Jesus to his disciples, come follow me. Come follow me. And that's an invitation that he extends to every single one of you, no matter if you're new to the faith, or never been in faith, or if you are growing in your faith. He just continues to ask you and invite you, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me. That's exploring faith. Experiencing relationships. He said, come follow me and I will make you. And when he said, I will make you, he wasn't just talking about one-on-one. Hey, I'm going to make you individually. He was talking to a group of individuals. I will make you, Andrew, you, Peter, you, James, you, John. I will make you. I will change you. I will transform you. And I would suggest to you that always discipleship is a communal activity. It is something that we are doing together. And that's where experiencing relationships really matters. And the last one, expressing the love of God to the world, is where Jesus said, come follow me, and I will make you, all of you, fishers of men. Now I'm going to take what I've given you, and I'm going to have you apply it. I'm going to make you not just fishers of fish, but fishers of men. We're going to make a tremendous impact. Now, here's, here's another way that we phrase these, and I'll just walk you through these real quick. We phrase it this way. Exploring faith in God is like communion with God. It's communion with God. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Every single disciple of Jesus is concerned about their relationship with God. The pursuit of their life is an ever-growing relationship with God. And so I would just ask you, are you seeking the Lord with all your heart? Are you seeking the Lord with all your heart? Are you building your life on that foundation? The foundation of the Word of God and and not only a knowledge of God, but an obedience to God. You are now growing in your faith. That's one of the reasons worship is so important. So that you have opportunities to come before God right here on a consistent basis with other believers, joining arm in arm. And friends, listen, to our very core, when we started Axis, we wanted people to have a growing relationship with their creator because that is, is, is one of the most critical parts of who you are as a person. And, and so I just want to ask you, how's your relationship with God these days? I mean, if you were measuring that out, you know, I'm, I'm like a 1 to 10, how, how are we doing on your relationship with God? Is it growing when you look at your life today, is it better than what it was a year ago? Are you growing in your relationship with God? Are you growing spiritually? Are you being nourished? You have to ask the question, why? If not, why not? Am I involved in a community group with other people that are encouraging me? Am I studying the Word on a regular basis? Am I making a regular practice of being in church? These kind of things. So you say, am I growing in my relationship with God? This is exploring faith. The second one is community with others. Again, we call this experiencing relationships with God and others. I will make you, all of you. In the New Testament, discipleship was always a a group effort. Even Jesus had his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He had his larger group of 12 (laughs) that he led, and then he had a larger group of 120, all of which were followers of, of his. Now, when we talk about community here, this is the reason that community groups are such an important part of who we are as a church. We said from the very beginning, we don't want to just be about a weekend experience. We don't want to just be about a Sunday morning experience. We want our people in relationships with other people that are now studying the Word together. They're exploring faith in God. They're experiencing relationships, fun relationships, authentic relationships, real our relationships. We call it beyond chips and dip relationships. You know what I'm talking about? Beyond just like how are the Bengals relationships where you are now actually removing the masks 
you're real with each other, you're honest with each other, that's the kind of relationship we're talking about, and then you're now expressing that love of God to the world. That's the third thing. And the third way we put this is that you would now have a commitment to the mission, that again, you would express the love of God to the world, that you would be fishers of men. Jesus' call went beyond just knowing him and loving people that are on the team, but it also went to how do we reach people that are far from God? And one of my favorite verses here is Galatians 5, 6. And let's, I think we should just read this out loud together, okay? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Isn't that a great verse? Faith, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Faith in God. Now growing out to love to both other believers as well as people who don't yet know Christ. And so making disciples is what Jesus called us to. Being a disciple, hearing and obeying, and making disciples, disciple 2.0, where now you are transferring this information, this invitation, and now this imitation so other people can follow as well. And so as a church, from the very beginning, we said this is going to be the place where we're going to really land. And so I want to give you a window into what's going to happen this year in this season. Uh, next week, we're starting up our community groups, and we're going to have something called Group Link. And on Sunday morning, after first hour and after second hour, our group leaders are going to be in the coffee area. And you, if you're not a group, you're going to be able to meet group leaders, because you don't want to just get stuck with people that you don't really like. And so you're going to be going to meet some group leaders, and they might invite you to a social event or something that's about to happen. And then you'll get to talk with them and get to know them. And you may be like, I resonate with this one. You may be like, I don't resonate with this one. You may be like, hey, I like the Bengals. They like the Bengals. You might find one that's a Steelers fan and you don't want to join their group. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever, you've got to be willing to find people that you resonate with. and then, Or maybe they're in a neighborhood that you're a part of. Okay? And then what we're asking every, what we're going to be doing over the next two weeks is teaching you on discipleship. And then every month, Josh and I, several years ago, two years ago now, you all remember, we went through a whole year of teaching on discipleship, nine elements of discipleship. Well, here's what we're going to do this year. We're going to take those nine elements, and every month, once a month, Josh and I are going to be getting up uh, in a worship service, and we're going to do a discipleship moment where we're going to teach you, as a part of the worship gathering, one of the discipleship elements, okay? And then as part of that, we're going to be also that, then that following week delivering to you a chapter from a book that we're writing on discipleship that involves these elements. The chapter within that book is going to be giving you, you're all going to be the preview audience, all right? And what's going to happen is you're going to get the chapter for that, for that month. And in that chapter, you're going to be reading how we make disciples, how the two of us how we've experienced it. For example, you're going to read the chapter on the bridge. And I'm going to share with you in that chapter exactly how I lead somebody to Christ. Then at the end of that chapter is going to be a couple page workbook that now you can use to help lead somebody to Christ and that decision. All right. And we're going to go through this with each of the elements. And each time, each month, we're going to do a discipleship moment in here in church. And then you're going to get a chapter, an additional chapter to that book. And then eventually we're going to have that available so that it's there and published for people to have. We want, here's our goal, not that you would just learn the information, Discipleship 101, 1.0 I mean, but that you would now transfer that information and multiply it, and the only way to do that is if you have it as a regular resource in your hand. So the resource will help teach you how to do it, 
and then we're going to be asking you to do it. One of the ways we want you to do it is within our community groups. We, some of our groups have done this already, but we really want all of our groups to break up into smaller core groups, meaning once a month, let's say you have 10 women in your group and 10 men, that maybe three or four of those women will be getting together in a core group and that during that month they will be studying together that discipleship element, whatever it is for the month. You'll be learning with each other. And I, guarantee, I tell you this, some of you are going to be inviting other people into those groups, somebody who's not a part of our church. And we've seen this happen already where we'll invite somebody in and say, hey, would you join me for lunch? I've got some friends of mine. We're just talking about matters of faith. Would you want to join us for that? You'll be surprised about the reaction of people. And what's your job? Take that chapter. You read it beforehand, but take those two pages of workbook in there and just lead people through it. It's going to be very user friendly. We're going to keep it as easy and as simple as we possibly can. Let me give you another one of our elements. Okay, just give you a kind of a, a tip on how this works. One of our elements is called the bread, the bread of life. It's part of our experience and relationships with God. And uh, the bread is the word of God. And we have a little tool that goes with it, an acronym called EAT. Some of you guys have heard us talk about this, EAT. Examine the scripture, apply the scripture, and talk about it. So I said uh, <coughs> first hour I used Rob and Amy. Uh, this hour I'll use Gerard and Delina. And let's say that uh, Gerard... Uh, is we're in a discipling relationship. And I say, Gerard, the element for this week in discipleship is eat, eating the word of God, E-A-T. Examine, apply, talk about it. So let's examine the scripture. And we read a scripture from Philippians that says, look not only to your own interest, but the interest of others. Have the same attitude, the attitude of Christ, and be humble in your relationships. And I would say, Gerard, what does that mean to you? See, now we've read that scripture. We've examined it. He says, you know what? This t- tells me pretty clearly I think I should be humble in my relationship with Delina. And I go, okay, that sounds great. What are you going to do about that? So now we're going to get practical. We're going to apply it. A, apply it. And he's going to go, I don't know. I think this week, even when I'm tired, what I'm going to do is go, Delina, even at the end of night when I'm tired, I'm going to go, hey, babe, what can I do to help you around here? And she's going to go, I got a whole list for you. You know, and, uh, here it is. She's going to shake it out. He's going to go, okay, I want to help you. And then the next week, I'm going to go, Gerard. When we get back together, or the next month, we get back together as brothers in Christ. I go, hey, Gerard, how'd you do on that scripture we talked about? And uh, he's going to say, well, I don't know, on a scale from 1 to 10, I did about a 3. You know, I did pretty good. I did the dishes twice. I'm going to go, that's not bad. That's not bad. You could do better. And we're going to encourage each other along this way, all right? That's a discipling relationship. And it's just taking the information, you're examining it, now you're applying it, And now you're talking about it as brothers or sisters in Christ. Does this make sense to everybody? We want to make it as simple as we possibly can so that you will actually apply it to your life. That's just one example. One of our theories is that one of the reasons many students leave the church when they leave college and they often leave the faith, maybe they'll return at some point, is because they don't have the tools in their toolbox when they actually get on campus. And they don't know how to respond to things. They've been given a lot of information over the years, but they don't really know how to be a disciple of Jesus. And just that one tool alone, if we can get into the hands of students the ability to take and eat a scripture, to examine it, to apply it, to talk about it with somebody else and with the Lord, if I can just simply get them to do that and they obey what is in that scripture, we have gone a long way to creating a generation of disciples. And that's just one of the nine elements.
So over the next few months, you're going to hear us. One a month, we're going to give you the elements. We'll give you a chapter in that book, and we're going to have you then apply it within the context of your community groups. And I pray that as you do that, you will do it with a lot of sincerity, that you will take it seriously, but you also have fun with it. Now, the commitment to the mission means that we will be expressing the love of God to people. And my experience is, when you are just yourself, and you're in relationship with people, people want what you have. Let me just appreciate for a second our management team here at Access Church. I just had an opportunity to meet with five student interns from Cincinnati Christian University. They were here first hour. We are going to pick an additional intern for this year. It's part of our giving back to students who are now learning about, uh, about how to be in ministry. All right? And so next year we're going to choose another one. But we had five students come through to kind of check us out today. And I was back here in the, in the, uh, in the conference room with those students and one of the things they said was, wow, you're doing some really interesting things, you know, with like discipleship and relational discipleship and, of course, with the coffee house and, of course, with what a couple of you guys, what, what, what you guys are doing with the gym, things like this. And I just stopped right there and I said, listen, most churches would not allow this kind of creativity to try to reach people. I said, but our, our management team has been wise enough to say, we, if we're going to build relational bridges, we have to get outside of the four walls. And that starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with me being outside of these walls, looking for ways to build relationships with people. And you know what? Relationships takes a long time to bear fruit, doesn't it? I mean, when we built, started building relationships with people that were far from God at the gym, for example, it took us a long time. And it can be discouraging because people don't get finished. For those of you who are task-oriented, it's hard to fix a person, you know? And so we're working with people, and for a long time, you look and say, where's the fruit? Just this last year, just over this last year, we, we have now had about 50 people. This includes their kids, but about 50 people, their first step into Access Church was actually their first step into CrossFit Mason, and then eventually build relationships and now there are so many cross relationships that are happening. It's just so natural. Why? Because who I am in here is who I am over there. But it's not just me. It's Josh. It's Jess. It's others who are there that are building relationships with people. And that's our goal for this next door project as well. How do we create spaces for people who aren't really interested in God? How do we create a relationship and build bridges with them <coughs> so that they might know Christ? Listen to what Tom Clegg and Warren Bird write. They say the inescapable conclusion is that we must throw out any notion that God is truly at the center of the church's heart in North America. The shift in society's view of the church <coughs> has resulted in the marginalization of the church and the secularization of society. Meaning, the more that the church has moved away and they've isolated themselves from the world, and they've become more of this place away from the world. What's happened is the society has become more and more secular. The church has now used old ways to try to reach people. Christianity has lost its place in the center of American life. Christians must learn how to live the gospel as distinct people who no longer occupy the center of society. Listen to what he says. We must learn to build relational bridges that win a hearing. And he's right. The way to reach this generation is not through a church sign. It's not through an advertisement in a local newspaper. It's through you being the hands and the feet and the mouth of Christ 
within your circles of influence. And so over this next season, we want to take discipleship to a whole new level. We want to go from 1.0 to 2.0. We want to say, not only do I want to be a disciple, I want to make disciples. We're going to help you do that. But it has to start with you saying, I'm willing to take this journey. I'm willing to say yes to this. I'm willing to take a step of faith. That's what we're asking you to do. Would you guys pray with me? God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for your word that teaches us. God, thank you for uh, Jason and uh, for his heart and desire to follow you and and pray that uh, my kids will make a big impact for Christ. Pray that other children here will make a big impact for Christ. Pray that people will see that we are a next generation church. Pray that people will see that it's not about us. It's certainly not about me. It's about them. It's about you. It's about us just doing our small part to make a difference in the world so that in this community more people will come to know you. Help us keep it simple, God, for people. Help us to keep it um, relational. Help us to be authentic and caring as we lead. Help people to understand our heart that it's not about numbers. Not about attendance. It's about transformation. It's about one life touching another life, touching another life, making a difference. So that in the end of this journey, all of us will look back and say, boy, it was worth it. It was so worth it. One life impacting another life, impacting another life. That's discipleship. Learning the words of Jesus and obeying those words together as a community. God, we pray for this season of ministry. And God, pray that you would allow us to continue to figure creative ways to build relational bridges with people. And God, thank you for uh, this church, for its desire to think past the norms, think past the traditions, and look solely to your word and how do we do this. God, you have placed us in a unique place in time. We don't have to go to another country to be able to share the gospel. We can do it right in our backyard. And we're not going to do it through a church sign. We're going to do it through being your disciples who are willing to make disciples. We pray to this end for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.